what I've done for the next part of the episode is I've I've done I've gone through each of them one by one uh, with the most boring first, uh, Donald McLean. Um, as an undergraduate, McLean openly proclaimed his left-wing views and was recruited into the Soviet intelligence service, then known as the NKVD. However, he gained entry to the civil service by claiming to have forsworn Marxism. <laughs> well, yeah, gent- gentleman's agreement. Yeah, I have no further questions. <laughs> you are still gay, aren't you? Good, good, jolly good. Uh, meet me in the bushes. Um, in nineteen, 19- yeah, you will you will still be able to do the patter songs for the High Commissions Gilbert and Sullivan every year, right? Oh, absolutely. Modern Major General, he'll be doing it. Uh, in in 1938, he was made third secretary at the Paris Embassy, where he kept the Soviets informed about Anglo-German diplomacy. He then served in Washington, D.C. from 1944 to 1948, achieving promotion to first secretary. Here, he became Moscow's main source of information about U.S. thermonuclear policy. By the time he was appointed head of the American Department in the Foreign Office, McLean was widely suspected of being a, supply, a spy. Again, <laughs> Yeah, because he told everyone he met. <laughs> right, exactly. This is something that we'll get uh, we'll get onto in a moment about uh, um, uh, McLean and Burgess, who were two of the spies who worked together. The and they biggest were the first drinkers. I was going to say, I, I thought that I know Burgess. That rings a bell that he was a huge alcoholic, but yeah. I don't know if McLean was too. This is an amazing quote from the Wikipedia. McLean and Burgess were soon known as the hopeless drunks. Like this is in Soviet <laughs> intelligence, due to the fact that they had a hard time keeping their secret occupations to themselves. How drunk do you have to be that a Russian intelligence officer? Is calling you a drunk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are out drinking the fucking NKVD. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe have a pickled tomato with this uh, drink. <laughs> um, it is said that one time, while highly intoxicated, Burgess risked exposing his second identity. He was leaving a pub where he accidentally dropped one of the secret files he had taken from the Foreign Office. McLean was also known to have loose lips and said to have leaked information about his secret duties to to his brother and close friends. Although they struggled to keep secrets, that did not stop them from delivering information. No, of course not. And it didn't yeah. stop anyone from like ignoring it either. Yeah. Just being like, it's like an office joke that these guys, uh, yeah, of course they're talking to the fucking Soviets, whatever. I don't care. I don't get paid yeah. enough for this. I'm going to eat my brown sandwich. <laughs> I, like the, I, I like the idea of like British pub landlord being like, oh, oh mate, you've dropped your classified information <laughs> file that says to deliver to the NKVD on it in big handwriting. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, so speaking of Burgess, uh, now I'm going I'm to give you a name alert here. Guy Francis de Moncy Burgess. Um, yeah. Yeah. M for de Moncy, sure. Yeah, that's right. Dial M for. Um, <laughs> born into a wealthy middle class family. No. Uh, Burgess was educated at Eton College, the Royal Naval College at Dartmouth and Trinity College, Cambridge. An assiduous networker, again. Mm. Shocking. He embraced left-wing politics at Cambridge and joined the British Communist Party. He was recruited by Soviet intelligence in 1935 on the recommendation of future double agent Harold Kim Philby. After leaving Cambridge, Burgess worked for the BBC as a producer, briefly interrupted by a short period as a full-time MI6 intelligence officer before joining the Foreign Office in 1944. Um, I think the difference now is he would just still be a BBC producer. He'd be making Have I Got News for You at this point. That's what he would be <laughs> yeah, doing. He, he has to usher in the same three red-faced men into every episode of Question Time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, just over there, it's fine, yeah. Um, at the Foreign Office, Burgess acted as a confidential secretary to Hector McNeil, the deputy to Ernest Bevan, the Foreign, the foreign Secretary. This post gave Burgess access to secret information on all aspects of Britain's foreign policy during the critical post-1945 period. It's estimated that he passed thousands of documents to his Soviet controllers. In 1950, he was appointed second secretary to the British Embassy in Washington, a post from which he was sent home after repeated misbehavior. Um, just again, just like these guys are like, 
talented fail sons just like constantly getting promoted and like well he did vomit all over the ambassador but you know he's a good chap it's weird <laughs> to me because i have experienced this sort of thing with americans before but it wouldn't be it, it was a, a friend of mine got out of the military and was working mm. as a uh scare quotes advisor to the emirati mm. military and mm. one of his co-workers was like this like retired lieutenant colonel former battalion commander but such a raging drunk that like he'd go out in public and like would be just completely like blackout had to be lifted from his chair uh, level of drunk in public and like Hell you know yeah. but hey he was an american officer so the emiratis was like oh he, I, was, I can't even do the accent i was gonna do a russian accent there like why would the emirati guy be, be russian i don't know <laughs> I, I i should point out i can fill in a bit of the detail about this uh oh, yeah. sort of uh mis- the misdemeanors that got him sent home from the embassy in washington oh, hell yeah, hell yeah. Uh, not only was he uh, drinking a catastrophic amount, he made absolutely no effort to hide being gay, which it was 1951. Mm. This is a problem. Uh, also, three speeding tickets on one day. <laughs> <laughs> In my defense, I was drunk and also being sucked <laughs> off by a twink. So. I, think, I think the funniest thing is the idea that they just let him get back in the car after each of the other, the fucking previous speeding oh. tickets. You would be driving this fast if you were on the way to get bussy. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm late because you pulled me over. <laughs> yeah. I drive slower when I'm drunk. <laughs> so uh, write that down. Um, you should let me drink more. Um uh, yeah, like these guys are just absolutely incredible. There's, there is something just like, like it's so of Britain in this era, just like posh guys who basically have like a job for life. Like it is impossible <laughs> to get fired. Um, even if you are spying for Soviet intelligence. Uh, in the case of Burgess and um, uh, McLean, they only worked out that they were Soviet spies after they defected. And it was only like, they only. Yeah, where's Guy gone? Yeah, they only. I was just talking to him this morning, and now he's gone. Um, <laughs> they only issued a warrant for their arrest. They defected in 1951. They didn't uh, issue a warrant for their arrest until like 1960 something. Fuck. <laughs> That's how long it took them to be like, okay, I think it's not a bit. I think the fact that they now live in Moscow and work at the KGB <laughs> might be an indicator. Uh, I have a description spies. here of, of, of Burgess's time at the embassy in Washington as okay. a catalogue of drunkenness, promiscuous homosexuality, and arguments with diplomatic and MI6 staff. It's called being English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, simple as. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, personally, I think it's cool that the Soviet Union's greatest intelligence assets in, uh, in the UK were the shirtless guys hitting each other with chairs. <laughs> <laughs> Giving each other a little kiss and then... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I sort of imagine, yeah, Russian intelligence being more kind of uh, no nonsense and quotidian than this, and just dealing with the, like, oh, our fancy, our fancy boys in MI6. Something <laughs> to be like, no, no, you cannot buy these shoes. They are seven hundred pounds. People will notice. You must wear normal <laughs> shoes. <laughs> Poor fucking Yuri Modin, who had to meet with these guys every mm. fucking so often to be like, just some. Fucking lush, falling asleep and pissing on himself on the park bench next to him in St. James's Park, and he's like, the documents. Also, correct me if I'm wrong here, but like, in the Soviet Union, wasn't it very, very difficult to be openly gay without it being a problem? Oh, yeah. oh that was illegal. Yeah, um, I think it only only Th- thanks again to Russia. Stalin, our boy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It was legalized under Lenin and then rapidly illegalized again under Stalin. Yeah, got too popular. 
<laughs> but uh, the funny thing is, there was this Scottish communist whose name escapes me at the moment, but he was living in Moscow, and he wrote a letter to Stalin asking him, like, uh, he made the fatal mistake of thinking that Stalin took communism seriously. And so he wrote him this letter on, you know, for very good ideological principles. It's like, wh what is the reason for forbidding homosexuality? I think this is wrong. And Stalin uh, did a very homophobic, but admittedly very uh, good own, which is, he just, uh, this is, we still have this letter, because Stalin kept it, because he wrote idiot file, and then just, like, gave it away to put in a filing cabinet for the next hundred years. <laughs> what can you say? Yeah, there it so, is. So, yeah, don't mess with Uncle Joe. Um, I just find that funny, because surely that would have posed problems if this had been a Soviet agent, but because they were British agents, it was just sort of like, well, they are British. I mean, yeah. you know how they are. <laughs> well, another thing that really struck me was that like every, basically all of the Soviet agents who had anything to do with the Cambridge Five eventually defected to the West. So like they basically they had a complete fucking prisoner exchange of like all of they they all defected to Russia and all of their handlers defected to the West. And yeah, you like change shirts at half time. Yeah, and it made me realize that as a Westerner who defected to the Soviet Union, you basically had to be like an ideologue who'd gotten in too deep. But all the KGB guys basically just defected to the the West when they retired because they're like, I don't want to retire here. It sucks. <laughs> you, you are telling me you can drink as much as you want even in middle of day. Yeah, <laughs> and you can be gay. <laughs> I've always wanted to try this. Yeah. <laughs> I want to visit this Eton College. I've heard so much. Um, uh, so getting on to our, our, the most interesting of the fancy boys, Harold Adrian Russell Kim Philby. Uh, born in British India, Philby was educated at Westminster School and Trinity College, Cambridge. I bet you the Kim Rudyard Kipling thing is 100% applicable. Yeah, 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 yeah. It has to be. 